to all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders. Welcome to Sports Talk with Coach and Kirk, episode 36, man. We back in the building, man. We got a jam-packed episode for you today, man. Got a lot to talk about. Some NBA news, some NFL news. Uh, Coach Benson and Coach Beverly in about 30, 40 minutes. So uh, we're going to get right into it. Curtis, Curtis locked in. He's got his steely eye focus like he's Ray Lewis going. <laughs> and we are ready to talk a lot of sports. We're ready to talk a lot of sports this week, man. There's a lot going on, man. A uh, quick couple of NBA segments, as you can see on the screen. And then we got a lot to talk about NFL, man. There's a lot to break down from week one. There's a lot to break down. Uh, a lot of takeaways. Uh, you know, a little, lot of, a little bit of overreaction uh, Saturday, if I guess you want to call it. You know, some things we could probably uh, kind of gauge and kind of at the other things you have to wait and see. Um, some things definitely happened in the league this week that we didn't expect, so we're going to talk about it. Uh, so first and foremost, man, let's talk about the NBA real quick. There's a couple little uh, tidbits that I want to bring up that's going to loom large when it comes down to the season starting. Uh, first of all, let's talk about Houston real quick. Uh, it seems as if throughout the week that John Waller and, and the Houston Rockets have been talking uh, amongst themselves about uh, an amicable split from the organization. Now, if you've been paying attention to the Houston Rockets uh, transactions in the past year and a half, you know they have have they've fired their coach, they've hired a new coach, uh, they've um, had Russell Westbrook, they traded Russell Westbrook, they had James Harden, they traded James Harden, they got John Wall. Now they're trying to, trying to trade trade John Wall. I mean, what what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, it's just to keep it playing. What are we doing here? So it looks as if they're going to try to find a trade, and I, I'm I'm thinking. Based upon the connotation of how they are breaking down the scenario, is either trade or release. You know, I don't. I, don't, I think they don't want to go the route of releasing because of the, of the punitive cap that will happen with him. But they are talking uh, parting ways, one way or the other. So, Coach Kirk, what do you feel about John Wall? And um, and I'm gonna just address it. I mean, I think that this is more telling about what the Houston Rockets are doing or not doing versus what John Wall's future is. So right. what do you take? What's your takeaways from this particular uh, bit of news this week? It's a dumpster fire over there in Houston right now. <laughs> to say the least, you know. To say um, the least. Yeah, it's a dumpster fire, and I say that because when you look at things, normally you could say, okay, maybe it's the players, or maybe you know it's the athletes, and it's not just not a good fit. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you know, it's like working at a job, and you look at a certain department, and every year there's a full turnover. At some point, it's not the people. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's it's the it's the position or the job that department that there's something going on in that department, and it's easy to blame to blame the people mm -hmm. for leaving compared to saying, why is there so much turnover? And yes, James Harden did some things that you know we can all say wasn't cool, unbecoming, or whatever. Right. But when you look at Houston. Uh, Chris Paul leaving. Yeah. Well, um, traded, but yeah. Yeah, traded. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, James Harden traded. Um, then you had, I think, what, Russell? Was Russell there? Russell yeah, Westbrook was he, there, he right? Was, he was, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's traded. Now you get John Wall. Now you're looking to trade him. And it's like, what are you looking to do? Are you intentionally looking to sabotage your organization? And now this is an organization that was a a storied organization, Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, Clyde, you know, Houston was a squad for a second. Yeah. And so now you look at it, it's like, wait a minute, what are you doing? How are you already a year later looking to transition uh, a player after a year? 
I mean, so at, at this point, I, it's your best player, too. You got to look at it like yeah. that. Your yeah, best and player. It's like, what are you going to do? Okay, you know, okay, you stockpile, you want to stockpile pit, uh, picks. Mm-hmm. For what, though? I don't know. Because you're going to now have a young team mm-hmm. that is going to do what? Because even, even with that young team, unless you really have a structure and a true strategy, you're going to get a whole young team, and then in three years, you're going to be in the same place, if not worse. So, to me, right now, Houston is looking like hot dumpster fire. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, yeah. And I, and I think that we both agree that it's more of an indictment on what the organization is doing or not doing. You know, more right. so than what John Wall wants or, not, or doesn't want. You know, for his for you know for going forward. You know, so right. I, I would say that's more of an indictment on him. You know, organization and what they're doing, and and it, what bothers me is that, you know, there's no <clears throat> clear cut rhyme or reason, you know, or in game that they're trying to accomplish here. You know, when it right. comes down to trading these people, you know, I mean, and and I I I dumped them into the same boat that I dumped the Pistons in, the Cavaliers, the Magic, you mm-hmm. know, um, just to name a few teams, you know, that are are you know perplexing to me when it comes down to uh, what are they doing, you know, from an organizational perspective. Right. You know, the Thunder, too. Like, I would, the Thunder stockpiling all them picks and things of that nature, but what are we doing with it? I mean, uh-huh. at, at, at the end game, you know, should be, you know, you're trying to compete. You're trying to make yourself right. relevant. You're trying to make yourself – make the organization money, trying to compete, being a, be a perennial playoff team, if not a contender. That right. should be the end game. So, right. you know, stockpiling picks, stockpiling uh, middle-of-the-road players, or uh, you know, role players and things of that nature, never attracting the star. Because, I mean, let's be real. You got to have a star or two and some good intangible players in order to be able to be competitive. True, so true. What, what's the what's the end game here? You know, and, and what bothers me, too, is that it seems as if, you know, everybody wanted to jump ship immediately after they got the new coach. You know, when Dean is Tony, it the coach. I, so I, would that mean would that mean that is something going on with that coach? It very that, well could like, be. I mean, I, I, you got you got to ask that question. Then that's got, front office. Yeah, because, if you know, if you're if you're grabbing someone that. You know, it's one thing to be a hard, let's quote unquote, hard nosed coach where you have mm-hmm. a high level of expectation. Okay, that's one thing. You're gonna you're going to disrupt some players who don't want to work hard. It's another thing when you have a coach coming in that doesn't vibe with quote unquote grown men first right. that are athletes. You know, yeah. Danny, he turns them off, or you know, depending on who you you turn the athletes off where no athlete wants to be there anymore. Right. And you got to look at it like this. Harden really exactly started to make his break for the border the moment they hired that coach. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you got to look at it like that. I'm not saying that's that's it, but it could be something. Right. You know, so I think it could be that. It could be a decision made by the front office and their ability to compete. And John Wall looking like I'm I'm literally one injury away from being uh, a role player or Isaiah Thomas, you know. Right. So, we right. like, I need to find some place where I can – be relevant and be, and compete, you know, before that happens. Because if I overutilize myself in Houston and get nowhere, then I'm just wasting my time. So I, I don't know. But again, we have to figure out exactly what Houston's trying to do. And if they're trying to do anything uh, logical, you know, hopefully they'll get something back that's, that's I guess you can say, uh, that, that will help them and aid them to get to that, to whatever their destination is. But trading John Wall was going to be difficult because he makes a lot of money, right. you know. Right. So, so if you had to guess, what do you think that some, where he would will be where he would he be a good fit, and where do you think he might land? 
Um, a good fit. I mean, that to me, there's a couple places that would seem like a good fit. If I if I look at first at contenders, mm-hmm. um, I would say Dallas. Oh, yeah, I oh. would say Dallas Mavericks to to give um, Luca Luca a, a point guard. A, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. I like I would that. Say, I like yep, that. I would say Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, you can all you can almost say uh, <laughs> I hate to say this. You can say the Clippers to give them a true true point guard. Point guard yeah, you know uh, at that way. Um, so that's just the two teams that I would say probably just looking at John Wall's ability and who could need him right now. You could even go Boston. Uh, looking at giving them another true point guard, playmaking point guard. But outside of that, um, some other teams, I would say uh, Indiana would yeah. be somewhere that he could yeah. go. Yeah, actually, Indiana one makes makes a, makes uh, a lot of sense, and I didn't even actually broach that one. Um, and I'm looking at it from a money perspective and a, a fit perspective because mm-hmm. he can't he can't play for Boston because Boston don't have the money. They just paid right. Marcus Smart. They already paid Jason Tatum and and uh, Jalen Brown. So unless they got Jalen Brown back in trade, hypothetically, right. there was no way they could fit him under the cap. Uh, right. Clippers either. The Clippers are paying uh, Kawhi and Paul George max money, so he would likely wouldn't fit there. I mean, and they would have to jettison a lot of their talent in you know that they have in house already. Right. So uh, from a fit from a money perspective, I think Indiana and um, what was the first team you named Dallas. Uh, yeah, yeah. That they that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that might be the the, the best possible place that you can go uh, to get uh, him some, you know, some notoriety, and and he can actually you know be relevant again. So right, yeah. So I, I that's definitely some places that he could he could land um, that will be because outside of that, I think that and you can't pay thirty some odd million dollars a backup point guard. So anywhere else <laughs> you could you can't. So anywhere else you would be a backup, he he wouldn't he wouldn't fit because again you got a guy making five million dollars and the guy that's sitting on the bench making thirty. That's right. kind of crazy. I mean, right. you know, like, like say hypothetically, like he, they put him in Denver because we're going to talk about Denver in a minute because Jamal Murray's right. still coming recovering from the injury, you know, uh-huh. but it would just be a stopgap. And so Jamal was healthy, you know, right. type of deal. But then now let's be honest, he going to the bench the moment that Jamal is healthy. Right. So right. Right. again, you know, does that, does that work, you know, short-term, long-term? I don't know. But those two teams, Indiana, he would definitely make Indiana better because they, they were, they're, 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 they're that team that's right in the middle. Like they got right. good players. They just don't have enough, you know, to put it all together to be consistently relevant. They can win some games, but they, outside of being a playing team or or eighth seed, they typically don't get get past that. So John Wall would definitely help them to get past that particular point. I got another team, Sneaky, thinking about it as I was going through trades and people not being there. Mm. What about John Wall to the Pelicans? Oh, they did lose Onzo Ball. They did. They did lose on some and, and Zion's still on the rookie deal. Yep. So you now have Zion, Brandon Ingram, and John Wall. Hey man, listen, what you, you had that tea again, didn't you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. You drank I that did. tea again from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you did. Exactly. That's a good one. I just, That's I just thought one. about it. I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. They they lost someone that's that worked well with Zion, uh-huh. you know, as a point guard, but now you get back a playmaker who's also can help score. He, he would be a better score option than Lonzo Ball was. Now Lonzo was working on his game and got better towards the end, but but a super hyper athletic distributing and scoring point guard that would fit well with the with the Pelicans. That's a good call, man. 
Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. That's a good look. Yeah. That's a good look. I, I know y'all pay you for something. I know. I know, right? I know. You know, every now, every now and then, every now and then, you tell me to put the mop down and come sit in the cafeteria and get the, the square pizza every right. now and then. Right, right. The milk. You right. know what I mean? Right. <laughs> sit at the cool table. Sit at the cool yeah, table. Yeah, I guess. Sit at the cool kids' table. You I know what I'm saying? I guess. Get an extra help and uh, applesauce there for it myself. There it is. It's a butter cookies. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> listen. You know what? You, hey, you want me to be happy. Right. Give me a, a, a cool serving of butter cookies and some of that chocolate milk there with you the go. brown cow on the front of it. There it is. Come on that, now. That there good public is. school lunch. Y'all know about it. Hey, good public school you, lunch. Hey, public school lunch. If you know what I'm talking about, you know that what I'm saying? square pizza and butter cookies and that chocolate milk, buddy. <laughs> Put a pizza in the comments if you know what I'm talking about. You're right. Boy, you're right. You, tell them. Tell you. Going tell back. Going back. <laughs> so yeah, man, I think that's a good that's a good uh that's a good uh I guess a point to stop at when regards regards right. talking about John Wall. But yeah, that was some good destinations. So we'll just see how it shakes out. But um I'm curious to how they're gonna you know, what's gonna happen with the Rockets after this? I think that to close this out, what's gonna happen with the Rockets once John Wall leaves? Because clear they're at this point there's gonna be a split. What's gonna, gonna happen to Rocket uh, after this? Well, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, that 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 dumpster that's on fire, you know, that or that or that garbage truck gift that he's pushing trash out on the street again. That's what's gonna be right. Beep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So in more NBA news, we uh we saw Aaron Gordon get signed to a long term deal this weekend. We had talked about Aaron Gordon at length uh, throughout the basketball season uh, once he got traded to the Nuggets mm-hmm. and how uh good or bad of a fit that he was gonna be for this team. Now I. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my take last because I think because okay. I, I have an interesting take on it. So I want to get your reaction to Aaron Gordon signing a long term deal. And do you like it? Do you not? Do you think it's a good fit? Well, how do you feel about it? So I actually do like it. Looking at how Aaron Gordon played last year when okay. he you know when he got to the team, uh, athletic on the wing, um, you know it took him. Wait up! Wait up! Wait a minute! You been we, you. You read my notes before the damn uh, stream started? Were you reading my notes? I might I might have been peeking. Okay. I might have been peeking. <laughs> I'm looking at you my know? notes like, how the hell I got written down? Like, <laughs> I might have been peeking over the fence a little see, bit. That's why you know what I mean? See, that's why I let you have it. That's why I let you go first. See? <laughs> well, go ahead, though. Go ahead, though. I might have been peeking a little bit over the fence, you know? But, um, uh, you know, once he got acclimated again, he 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 was a, a, a he meshed well with the team. He gave them a very athletic wing um, score and defender. And um, if you look long term at what they're building, I think Aaron Gordon is a perfect is a is a perfect fit for them. And so definitely thinking about locking up um, a 26 year old uh, wing score and defender high riser plays above the rim i think i think it's a good look and looking at michael porter jr kind of you know that in between uh, okay, is he okay okay, uh, okay. What? It, what i mean this is this is this is i, I know where this is going you, you, you're still on my thunder all day even that's twice you stole my thunder there go ahead though go ahead though. let me stop peeking on your notes let me what, stop yeah peeking. i'm so, gonna have to so, hide my so, stuff before the, for this podcast go ahead though so to wrap it up, I think it's a good deal. I think it's a well-played uh, extension, well-deserved extension. And when you get a player, um, in, in, when you welcome a player to your organization and then you see it's a fit and it works out, don't overthink it. Avoid overthinking it. Go ahead, lock this, this young man up and keep him 
you know, as a part of your organization and let him grow and, and grow with the team. So, you know, I, I think it's a great fit, but I'm not going to say too much. I'm saying too, too much. So I'm passing it over to you. What you, you said everything thoughts? I had, though. Like, <laughs> I ain't going to say too much. So all the hyper points I had. Too much. All the hyper points I had, you already said. So I'm just not going to waste everybody's time. I you're love welcome. the viewers out there. I'm you're gonna, welcome. All I'm going to say is the Denver Nuggets <laughs> traded for him for a reason. And they didn't trade yeah. him just to let him walk in free agency. Same thing with yeah. Norman Powell in Portland. So they traded him for a reason, and I'm with you in saying that you know, I like it. You know, most people are kind of cynical about the move because, uh, you know, they're looking at, like, does he add to their championship chances? I think he mm -hmm. does from a fit perspective. Yes. Because he's, yes. like you said, he's a hyper-athletic wing. He is defender. He's a high riser. And the nice thing about Aaron Gordon, especially within his offense, they don't need him to score. Say 20. it again. Say it again for the people in the back. They don't need him to score. See that? See they that? need him to be a, a solid wing defender. You know, super athletic can finish at the rim when they need to get put uh -huh. back, back, put back baskets, be high energy, hyper athletic, you know, a, a nice uh, passing lane type of defender, you know, uh -huh. so, you know, to defend all these hyper athletic wings that they got in the West. So right. I think it fits perfect. You know, whether whatever Jamal Murray's history or his status is going to be starting the season, I think that no matter what happens, he's going to be able to gel with his team early on and we got a full season now there's no condensed you know covid protocol type of season so i think it fits perfectly honestly because you, you're looking at it from a standpoint when they're healthy jamal murray is a, is a scoring facilitator point guard you're getting points from him you get points yep. from Jokic, porter jr to your point he's getting better you mm -hmm. know so you got three dogs already they can put the ball in the basket yeah so you yes. got the mvp yes. you got you got you got you got you already got a wing they can score you already got a point guard they can score so, I mean, you need somebody to play defense and, and, and do the intangibles. And I think Aaron Gordon fits that bill perfectly for them. And I think they made him better. I honestly and truly think they made him better by doing that long-term deal, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's sometimes it's not about the splash or big name. It's about the mesh and the fit yeah. and having a role player that, um, that integrates well and plays within the scope of your uh, scheme. And don't rock the boat. Let Aaliyah do that. <laughs> May she rest in peace. May she rest in peace. But let Aaliyah rock the boat. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, boom. We're both in agreement on that. And I think that's a great deal. That's why I wanted to bring it up because people really are, like I said, a lot of critics and a lot of sports writers are cynical about them putting that money out there to him when, you know, he, I mean, let's be honest and true. He's not he's not a dominant scorer. But, again, you don't need him to be. Nope. You know. So, nope. again, just, I think that the Denver is smarter than we think from a move perspective. When they mm -hmm. traded for him. It was a reason behind it, and the reason why they signed him long term because they feel like he meshes well and he gels with the team. Yep, 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 yep definitely, definitely, definitely. Cool. All right, so let's talk about NFL news now. Let's get into hey, NFL, let's man. Let's get it, baby. A lot of, lot of, lot of talking about this. We can we'll have a lot of talking and a lot of subject matter to discuss in this one. Like I said, we go get bring on Coach Beverly, Coach Business about about 10, 15 minutes, hopefully. So, oh, Monday Night Football. Let, let's let's break that down because. Uh, I promise you, Coach Beverly's going to have some hot hot takes to give us when he gets on the mic. But that game, <laughs> that game, boy, oh, boy. Now, yeah. again, I'm sure not many people had the Raiders winning this game. But what was your takeaways from this super highly intense and quick Monday Night Football game? Because that game flew by. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, listen, the last... The last two minutes 
of the fourth quarter. Oh, that's... and then overtime. That was worth man, the price of admission. I'm just saying. That's worth the price want... of admission right there. Like, oh, yeah. worth the price of admission right there. And especially looking at uh, Derek Carr basically threw three touchdowns. I, I know. In overtime. He really did. He threw three touchdowns. Right. And if people haven't watched the game, didn't catch the highlights, um, they went into overtime. Raiders got the ball. They go down. Um, they hit a big play. Mm-hmm. They don't call it. Yeah, right? right? So they say he didn't get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Got you. Turn around. They throw it uh, after that. It gets intercepted. Raiders come, Ravens come back. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson fumbles. Raiders get it back again. And Derek Carr throws probably one of the prettiest passes that you can ask to be thrown in overtime. And I will say Derek Carr showed that he has elite arm talent. He does. Elite arm, very talent. underrated, very underrated. Very un- and people forget uh, Derek Carr is a couple years removed, removed from being an MVP candidate until he tore, until he hurt his ankle. These, these are all facts. These are you all know, facts. And so, looking at the Ravens, uh, I credit the Ravens for even getting into the fourth quarter with a lead mm-hmm. because they had a twenty-seven to 10 lead going into the fourth quarter or going into in the fourth quarter they had a 17 10 uh lead entering the fourth quarter they mm-hmm. scored 10 points in the fourth quarter but the raiders scored 17 to tie it up right but i give credit to the ravens because you're dealing with basically losing your whole running back starting your whole backfield, your whole backfield okay who who can prepare for that? So you lose basically your whole backfield. You lose one of your dominant defensive backs. End up losing one of your tackles. And you're still competing. You basically um, called up a running back the week of who ended up scoring in a Latavius Murray. Right. So to me, even though, yeah. You know, you might not say Raiders, Ravens, high, high, you know, high uh, teams, high value teams, big name teams. The entertainment value, the edge of the seat appeal, the biting your nails in overtime. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was a great game. A great game to me. But again, I give the Ravens credit mentally for showing up and being competitive uh, in that game. Again, Lamar Jackson is limited again yep. because his his number one drafted expected to be wide receiver, oh, not there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Hollywood Brown. They bring up Sammy Watkins. You know, again, they still have Andrews. But if you look at it, who is he throwing to again? <laughs> Hollywood. That was pretty much it. That's that's pretty much it. He threw mm-hmm. to Sammy Watkins yeah, and Hollywood who, Brown, mm-hmm. and Hollywood Brown, and I think Sammy Watkins was there. What? How long? A week? Uh, no, he was there. They signed him in the off season. He did, he'd been there Same. for the whole off season. Yeah, he'd been there for right. the whole off season. So you're missing Bateman. Mm-hmm. You your running game is, is, is non existent. Non existent. Mm-hmm. 
you know? And so to make that game competitive, yes, I know Lamar Jackson, he fumbled, got it. But when you think about what the Ravens went through, um, practice being shut down early because you lose both play, uh, you lose two players to uh, knee injuries again. Mm-hmm. Again, you got to think about all that. And that's mentally taxing uh, on you. And then coming into this game and seeing this game and then uh, going through that. I also give credit to the, the Raiders to fight back to tie it, go into overtime, and there's a lot of knock on Derek Carr. There's a lot of clamoring that John Gruden and him may not be the best of friends. They may not work well together, but I tell you what, I think John Gruden really does uh, have respect for Derek Carr because I do think that if they had his way, if he really didn't like Derek Carr like that, um, Derek Carr be gone. And a lot of what I'm hearing is that Derek Carr knows that playbook to the level of another coach, like through and through. Um, And if you look at who Derek Carr is throwing to, really, you (laughs) got Darren Waller and then a bunch of nobodies and what fours. Right, exactly. Now, I do like the kid Brian Edwards. I mean, but he's still young. Yeah. You know, uh, Henry Ruggs is just a speed guy, you know, and you know how I feel about small receivers. I mean, unless you can do – extra things like what seemingly like Devontae Smith and Jalen Rigger are tending to do in in Philly. Right. You, you, I mean, again, if you're just a straight line speed guy, you can't you can't do what Tyreek Hill does, then I am nah, I'm kinda off on that on that uh subject of a small receiver. But you know, I mean again, I mean I'm not supposed to give the Raiders a whole lot of credit They're in my division. You know right. what I'm saying? But I mean and I but I'm with you. The, the problem is not Derek Carr. You know not at the, all. the problem the problem not is that all. the problem is that they they jettison their Pro Bowl <laughs> offensive line. You yep. know, so you you know you are setting them up to fail, which is not fair to Derek Carr, you mm-hmm. know. But um, you know, but I do like you know I, I didn't want to speak you know a whole lot of praise, but, you know, in regards to what they had on defense, but they got a pretty decent defense. No, people are not understanding the defense is pretty solid. Like they yeah. like they did lose Jerry McCoy to injury um, mm-hmm. long term, but Yannick Ngakwe did get hurt, but he's coming back. Uh, he'll right. play this week. So they got Mike Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. They were getting after Lamar in that they game. Were. They were getting after Lamar in that game. So. Um, you know, Adela might be a little bit thin and de-tackle, but their edge rushing is good. Linebacker yep. has always been fast. They got Casey Hayward and Trayvon Mullen on the outside, and they got mm-hmm. uh, J- Jonathan Abram, and they get the draft the kid uh, Trayvon Moray um, yep. in the draft. So they got good players. Let's not yep. act like their defense is, is, is terrible. It's, their offense is good. It's got the question. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm just not sure exactly what they're going to what they're gonna mean for them going forward as far as the season's concerned, but they fought. And I, and they I feel did. like they're going to be – they're going to fight again against the Steelers this week. You know they got, still a, is, they got to still is up about five and a half. I don't I don't think they're going to cover that. I really don't. But we'll see. And, and again, it was in the fourth quarter alone. If you just watched the fourth quarter in overtime, you you know it was a like you said, coach. It was a price of admission. It was. You know you can't ask for much better than that. Uh, edge of the seat, thrilling. And again, Derek mm-hmm. Carr basically threw three touchdowns in the in in, in overtime. So True. it was a great game to me. It was well worth staying up and oh, yeah. watching. Yeah, losing. I, I lost some sleep and you know and it was drowsy at work the next day, but I was, it was worth <laughs> it. It was definitely <laughs> worth it. You know, right. but I will say this the Ravens are in trouble. And, and, Speak on it. Speak on it. And I'm I'm gonna save most of my take for when Coach Beverly gets here, but okay. the Ravens are in trouble because I like it gonna okay. be 0-2 after this week. But we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. We'll okay. get into that a little bit. So, before we bring on our guests, what, so what was your uh, overall hot take and takeaways from week one? So, from week one, uh, can I say I was looking at some of these games like, am I seeing this right? 
Yeah, it was a lot of oh that happened. It was a lot of like oh that happened. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you know what? I'm gonna jump off that game because I know we got some we got some guests coming on, so they're gonna talk about that. So I'm gonna miss the Eagles and Falcons. Uh, I'm gonna jump over that. Um, I don't know if we can call the Steelers win shocking. I think most people favorite the Bills and especially, you know, Allen right. coming back his, you know, another year with Diggs. I, uh, I think there was more expectations on that, but I think, uh, I think what uh, significance to the Steelers was shown oh, uh, yeah. because he, he wrecked havoc. Oh, he did. He did. No, no question about it. Look, had Chandler Jones not had five sacks, he'd have been the defensive player of the week. Let's, exactly. just, let's just keep it playing. He would exactly. have, and then if the Steelers don't do nothing else, especially under Mike Tom, they're gonna play defense. So if you don't have your A game that week, it's gonna be a struggle. And people aren't paying attention to them either. They snuck off a few uh, corners um, in the preseason and got Joe Schobert from the Jags. Right, and people uh, forget Michael Fitzpatrick is a dog. Mika Fitzpatrick can play. You hear me? Mika, Mika, sorry. Yeah, Mika Fitzpatrick can play. Mika. Yeah. And so. so they, um, their defense is, is really good. It's just a question of exactly. what they're going to do on offense. O-line is horrible. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. But, so, you know, just just going through some other shocking uh, developments, um, as I told you, it really wasn't as shocking to me, uh, the Bengals and the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings is just one of those teams, you know, y- you don't know what you're going to get with them. It's, it's, like, it's like buying too many drinks in the club at 3 in the morning. You see your you see the person one way, and then when you get in the, the real light, you'd be like, that's not the same person that I saw right. when I was five drinks in. Yeah, so right. Yeah, you know, uh the the 49- me overall because of Kirk Cousins, but go ahead though. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I I you know I despise uh we, we're equal on that one. Um outside of that, I just say another uh take that that kind of shocked me was um t- well, I will say two things. One was the uh, debacle that happened again with the 49ers. And when I say debacle, I mean, I don't know what it is. That late game comeback? Exactly. That and their running back situation. I don't know what it is, but you look at the 49ers was up very uh, well Mm -hmm. going into the fourth quarter. Matter of fact, it was 38-17. And next thing you know, we look up it's and a here comes game. Detroit right. storming back. I mean, they got two scores and I like an onside kick. Yes. And, and how impossible is it to get an onside kick right now with their new rules? I don't know how they pull that off. I don't know how they pull that off. And yeah. then my last thing is you look at uh, the Saints. Listen. Oh, wow. Uh, when I did do an analysis, they said that this was one of the only times in history that a quarterback has thrown that many touchdowns uh, and not have over 150 yards. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, one of the touchdowns that was considered a pass was like a flip forward to Alvin Kamara. So okay. that was considered a pass, even though it looked more like a little short jet sweep it's handoff. Like a shovel pass, yeah. Yeah, shovel pass. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, Jameis played within the scheme. He did. They kept it under 20 passes. They kept him... Uh, in favorable situations and he did a masterful job of not forcing it but i did i will say and i agree with what a lot of people may have heard 
Jameis Steele has elite arm talent and what he can do pushing the ball down the field was and it and was missed. Drew Brees last two years. Yes. Drew Brees yes. arm talent um held that off his back. Yeah, they held it off his yeah. back. It did. Yeah, yeah. And they they had to go to that high percentage dink and dunk under route uh nickel and dime type of playing. And then so looking at Jameis, that one deep pass that he threw mm-hmm. oh man that was that was pretty but to see them totally blank um the packers and i know i know aaron Rodgers came out this week and said hey if everybody is losing it after just one loss you know we got more bigger problems but i will say this i haven't seen aaron Rodgers look like that probably ever in his career no i mean some of the things that i saw him do mm-hmm. just you know what i'm gonna say this you know what it you know what it made it made me think he's pulling the james harden situation oh that's a that's yeah, a hot take here's that's a hot, a hot take. take he's pulling the james harden situation what i mean by that for everyone listening is i'm going to come out and stink it up so bad that you're going to have to trade me, but now I mean you. I mean, if you wanted to do go that route, you could have did it in the off season. Mm-mm, that- mm-mm. He got to put some things on tape. Oh, okay, okay. So if you come out and do the things that he did, mm-hmm. now I'm going to give it three games because I'm going to see if it yeah, really we, was the same. We can't defense. overreact. We can't overreact to that one. Yeah, it right. could be just an outlier. But yeah, I'm saying early on, I want to be on the record. I think he's pulling a James Harden which means I'm going to be petty. I'm going to come out and 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 poop the bed a little bit mm-hmm. and just get you frustrated because I'm playing uncare. Hey, I gave you an MVP season. Mm-hmm. So let me show you the other side of being an MVP because Aaron Rodgers' arm talent is elite. I hope that you're wrong because that is the most extremely that probably the the, the go down is the best the worst petty moment of his career. If you when is the that? last time you've seen Aaron Rodgers throw a jump pass? And I haven't. I haven't. Audrey <laughs> uh, uh, in 21 in the chat said, Jamie Winston had that expensive eye surgery, so he's going to be super better with that vision. <laughs> Listen, I he agree had, with you. He's, he's, he had 15-15. He did. And you yeah, know no, what? Right. Laser. He wasn't, he wasn't eating W's anymore. He wasn't. He wasn't. He, he's grown up a bit. I definitely say James has grown up a bit, so I'm looking forward to what's going to happen with him in, in, this, in New Orleans. But – to, to Aaron's uh, issue, I I don't I don't know. I I hope you're wrong. You know I, I, know I like I, like I know you do. I just watched the game and again yeah. I saw things that just made me. It just it just caught in my spirit. I said, it "Hold just up, bothers you." Yeah, I, I get it. Because it, 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 it didn't it didn't it seemed it seemed off. Like he didn't even seem pissed off on the sideline. Like you know, it just uh, Aaron Rodgers got pulled for Jordan Love. Yeah, he did. When's the last time you seen Aaron Rodgers even in a blowout? Not not stay in the game. Yeah, you're right. Not stay in the game. You're right. And did he look bothered at all with it? <laughs> nope. Not a bit. See, I'll tell you where he messed up when he touched, <laughs> touched my, my titties. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I don't play that. <laughs> I don't play that. I don't play that. And I, <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. It's like, uh, okay. You know, again, uh watching Aaron. And what in the throws that he made, and then he gets pulled, and Jordan Love comes Listen, in the game, and he's kind of like, Whoop. it was a total, it was a complete and total shit show. It really was. Can't, okay. There's no, it's no two ways, bud. Over to you. There's no, it's no two ways, bud. I'm with you. It was, it, but again, I'm, I'm gonna give it four games 
by the quarter pole of the season. And if he has still stinking it up, then yeah, we just you just might have to might have to lean into your take on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Might right. have to lean in on your take. But uh, my takeaways, you know, quick quick headlines, a quick order um, before we get into our guest uh, speakers for the night. Um, Thursday night football week one, Dallas played well, but they're too Dak and pass dependent. That's one mm-hmm. take. Mm-hmm. The Jags got a lot of work to do. I wouldn't expect Ooh, them to lose to the Texans. Packers will struggle until they get Boxiari back because I think their protection is a problem on top of all the uh, offseason issues that they had. Mm-hmm. The Saints defense is sneaky good. People are sleeping on that. I think yep. the Broncos will surprise people because they look really balanced on both sides of the ball week one. Can I say something real quick Go about ahead. the Broncos? I'm listening. Did you see, was it just me watching uh, Teddy Bridgewater look like uh, Derrick Henry with them stiff arms? Uh, listen. Between, From a quarterback position. Right, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And they okay. love they love Teddy over there. Like, Vaughn is in love with that dude. Like he had a man crush on it. I got a man crush after I see the Teddy stiff arm people like that. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. Okay. okay. So, like I said, the Broncos are going to surprise the people. The NFC West... It's going to be a 15-round, old-school, heavy-round, heavyweight boxing match to decide that division because yep. everybody in that division looked good this last week. Everybody. Yep. 100%. Everybody. You so, are spot on. So, yeah, that was my takeaways from uh, for week one. Now, real quick, give me give me your quick hot takes on the Giants and the Washington football team's game on Thursday before we get a move on. So, I don't, I don't really have a hot take. I will say this. Saquon is – um, He's still getting acclimated. Okay. Uh, when watching Saquon, again, to me, doing the eyeball test, uh-huh. he's still unsure of his knee. Oh. And I think he's out there early. You know, the way he was running, the way he was playing, the way he was favoring that knee, I think he's still getting through the mental side of having his ACL mm-hmm. repaired. Um. Washington, you don't know who you're going to get with Washington. I know they really like um, uh, Henneke. Um, I know that they, you know, you hear a lot of things coming out of camp uh, that, you know, the team is behind him. Uh Um, But watching that game, watching Washington, um, my hot take is this is what happens when the small things add up. I mean, again, Daniel Jones had – Three touchdowns called back. He did. He, he did. had three touchdowns called back. He, and he I did. don't know what happened with that right defensive end, that right side. But when he pulled, he pulled that, he pulled, he did three quarterback keepers reads. Mm-hmm. Is Daniel Jones that damn fast? Because that one run listen, that, that that got called back, and that was it, it, not a holding at all. Well, I de- I'm going to debate wheels. that. I'm gonna debate that, but I'm gonna say this: They was calling, they were calling Daniel Jones, Daniel Vic, doing a game on Twitter. Hello, I, <laughs> hey, listen, listen. White but white butterscotch was looking nice. White butterscotch. White butterscotch because he had some wheels, man. He he dusted Landon Collins. He did. He pulled Landon Collins. He had a shot. Oh, he walked on Landon Collins, and again, that was a extremely long mm. touchdown run. He listen. He ran wow. like somebody he ran like Starbucks said if you can get here in the next 30 seconds coffee for a year is free and that's why he ran <laughs> that's how he ran right <laughs> he ran like Angelina Jolie 
Say, you know what? I'm not gonna do that because F. Yeah, you try to get us shut down. Is watching. Let, let's just say Danny Dimes turned into Daniel Vick, and I totally understand it. Uh, Sterling Shepard um, is clearly his clear cut favorite. I mm-hmm. know him and Galladay, you know, made up. Okay. But uh, seeing them go back and forth on the sideline, you know, competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington defense. Is not what we thought it was. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad Come you said now. that. I'm going to throw it over to you on that. I'm glad you said that. Now, now <laughs> Audrey is on fire in the chat, by the way. She said, Washington uh, owner Daniel Snyder is the worst owner in pro sports next to James Dolan of the Knicks. <laughs> I, I agree, and thank you for that hot take. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Far too kind with the comments. That was definitely <laughs> good. That was definitely a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Daniel, yeah, yeah, he's been donating fumbles, but I don't think he played that bad last week Daniel he did Jones. Not. He did not. I don't think he played I think him and Heineke both play well but I'm with, I'm with you and I was high on the Washington football team defense you know you know me my my name on this show is coach defense it's the right. lockdown defense podcast I'm big right. on defense and they are not playing good defense right now I'm highly highly disappointed right now in the first two weeks of the, of them showing this uh lackluster effort on defense they're not they're not putting in the effort I thought he was gonna do but I also got an issue with their scheme because I just realized week one that they play a 4-3 when they got 34 mm-hmm. points on there. But that's a whole other conversation we get to another day. But I'm with you. It, they definitely – the Giants didn't do any – them Giants outside of Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard didn't do them to suffer no favors as far as trying to win that game. They did everything possible to lose, and I think that was the issue. Now, yeah. the bigger take about this is really telling about the NFC East at this point because it's really anybody's ball game. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the Eagles surprisingly looked good week one. We didn't expect nothing out of them. Dallas has really got a, got a nice pass offense, and shit, nobody's playing defense in this division right now. At so all. at all, uh, we'll see, we'll see. So speaking of the Eagles, we got Coach Benson and Coach Beverly in the house in the building. Appreciate what y'all up? coming through here. So what up, fellas? Yo, 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 yo. Let's lean into these Eagles yeah. real quick. I see you got the hat on. I you see know. you got the hat on. So uh, you know. we talked about this in the preseason. Exactly about how we felt like the Eagles were building toward the future. Not necessarily yes, going to have a you know breakout year this year, but what have hell happened week one? Um, well, like I said before, I didn't think we were gonna be as bad as everybody thought. You did you say that. You did say that. It just didn't make sense that everybody was saying we was gonna be terrible. Like we was like 30 out of 32 teams, you know what I'm saying? I just right. didn't see that. When when healthy, you gotta think. When healthy, you got three all pros on the O line. You do. When you do. healthy, yeah. When healthy, you have top ten D line in the league. When healthy, Oof. you know what I'm saying. You got now the question marks were the linebackers, mm-hmm. the secondary. Um, I like I like Steven Nelson. As a compliment to Slay, that mm-hmm. way Maddox can play his natural position, which is slot corner. Okay. So we'll be a lot more sound there. And then offensively, I think um, Devontae Smith will develop into a true number one, which we ain't had in a while. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you got, like, young, fast dudes. And what I was saying is, like, it was a two-year thing for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, I want to see what we do this year. We have three first-round picks and a lot of cap space next year. So it was like, you know, it was a two-year process for me. But I also was like, you know, we're not going to – it's not like nobody in the division is just like, ooh, 
we can't beat them. They're going to run away with it. Mm-hmm. It ain't like that. You know okay. what I'm saying? And so you got a chance to see what what we'll be trying to do with the ball on offense. Um, Y'all look really efficient on offense. I was highly surprised. Now yeah, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you this question. Now was it was it more so that y'all were really efficient or the Falcons were terrible? Because it, they talking in the chat right now saying that that y'all beat up on the Washington Falcons in Matt Ryan. He's saying that the, right. they say the Falcons were terrible versus y'all being good. So so whoever said that right, um, the Falcons are not good, but we were supposed to be bad. So like this is true too. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not fair. Like we, you can only play who's in, in front of you. Number one, number two, it's not like we was expected to be anything. Like the Falcons were favored in the game. They were favored in the game, and y'all were so, fa- also favored to finish fourth in the division. Right. So mm-hmm. to to say that they're trash and we beat up on somebody trash, well, we supposed to be trash. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and you got to look at the eye test. Like you got to look at certain things. Of course, every game ain't gonna be be easy like that. But one thing that I do like is the way um, the offense was structured on Sunday. They make you guard every aspect of the field, which is difficult mm-hmm. with a running quarterback mm-hmm. and, and all that speed. Like yes. as a defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and you know, um, Sharps, you was we was on the same staff for a few years. Right. You too, Kurt. You know how it is. Like yep. that's difficult. Because when you're worried about the quarterback pulling the ball out, it's difficult numbers-wise when he actually does hand the inside zone off. Now mm-hmm. you're worried about backside, and you're not. Everybody's not fitting properly in the inside zone, and they did a lot of stuff that was that made Jalen Hurts comfortable. Mm-hmm. They threw two straight bubbles to start the game. He did one yep. from one side, one from the other side to mm-hmm. Quez Watkins. And he got, like, getting the ball to these guys in space and letting them make plays. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying we're going to win the division. I'm not saying we're going to the playoffs. None of that. I'm just saying we are not as bad as everybody was saying. You know what I'm saying? That's of course, take. the San Fran game will be tough. It you is. know what I'm saying? But, damn, mm. like, everybody was saying we was just trash. I, I just didn't see it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying we're going to be good. I, it was a two-year thing for me. Right. Now, next year, after whatever happens, Talk to you then. I'm going to be looking for us to be good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But this year, I'm just looking for progress, and I really want Jalen Hurts to win mm-hmm. for a number of reasons because you got to think about it, having a starting quarterback on his rookie contract with your starting running back on his rookie contract with – your number, top three receivers on their rookie contracts. You can load like, up on defense. That gives you flexibility to load up mm-hmm. on the issues that we have, which are we're going to need a young safety. We need a young linebacker. You might need another young pass rusher. So mm-hmm. that gives you the flexibility to take care of stuff like that. So I was pleased with the game. You know what I'm saying? I know Atlanta ain't shit, but we weren't supposed to be nothing. So hey, you can only call 32-6. You can only beat the people that's in front of you, so it don't matter. They getting paid just like everybody else, and they are professionals. Mm-hmm. And that is your job to mollywop them. And I totally agree with you, Coach, that uh, the play calling was masterful. It made uh, Jalen Hurts very comfortable. And at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts is a baller. He's a winner. And to get someone that he does have uh, – 
he does have a background with and Devontae mm-hmm. Smith. I mean, for a number of years, they played together. So mm-hmm. he, he is familiar with him. And I love the addition of Jalen Re- uh, Rager. Rager. Rager, yeah. Rager. People forget. He was one of the top receivers in his class when he, he came out. Now he was. He just he hurt, was last hurt. Hurt, hurt last year. He was hurt last year, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like he's chopped liver. He's not. Like, and he had a great preseason. Exactly. Yeah. He had a great preseason. So, this this is the question that we all want to know, and I'm directing right at you, Coach Benson. How many mm-hmm. games is it going to take you to for you to stamp that Jalen Hurst is your guy? Ooh, here we go. Hot take. How many games is it going to take for uh... for you to be convinced that Jalen Hurts is your guy? Uh, mm, mm, mm. Um, I say, I say a couple more. Uh, I because one thing that I see already is that, um, one thing, his teammates like play for him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They play for him more than they play for the other guy that was our quarterback before. You know what I'm saying? Like Kurt's favorite Harris. player. Chris' favorite yeah, player. Yeah, Ginger, Ginger Jesus. They, they play for... Do not... Do, you will not commit blasphemy <laughs> up here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they rally around him, and, and they, you know... he. Got I hate him. I hate him so much. He has the intangibles that, that you look for in a leader of men. You know what I'm saying? Like this I like is, it. Like, like, like Kurt it. said, this is the NFL. This ain't college. This ain't high school. These is grown men right and you got to have a certain type of it takes a certain type of person to be a good quarterback and leader of the locker room and they trust him with that so i'm leaning towards it already i just want to see more Mm -hmm. um and you know and again he has some deficiencies but you have to as a coach you have to get him in a space where he's comfortable and, and then build build on that and, and I, I give every year. Yes, and I give Nick Sirianni credit because I didn't, I wasn't sure about the hire. I really wasn't, but I give him a lot of credit for leaning into what Jalen Hurts does well and planning uh-huh. and game planning and scheming his uh, play calling around that for Week One. So whether uh-huh. it's, you know, I don't know if it translates because the more film you get on people, the harder it gets down right. the line yeah. in the season. But for the least, the access for the first week, it was a good game plan executed to perfection, and they blew the Falcons' of doors off. I mean, what can you say? And I give you a perfect example, real quick. Well, two examples. Uh, remember RG 3s rookie year, right? Yep. Yep. They 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 implemented a lot of things where it was um, play action, like zone, like um, zone read RPO. RPO read, yep. mm. but it was like one read for him, right? Like you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So he was really reading one half of the field mm-hmm. when it was time to where where Washington made a mistake in my opinion, with him was they needed to progress off of that like the next year, like start adding more stuff to it because mm-hmm. the tape comes out, they're going to take that away now. Now what do you have? You know right, what I'm saying? Right, exactly. And it's like, that's that's the thing with with coaching. You got to build build on it. You know the deficiencies. You need to work on everything that, he, that that person is not good at. For instance, remember we had TJ at quarterback, right? Remember yes. when we coached? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what type of plays we ran. We had an athletic quarterback with a good arm, but we don't want him dropping back, seven-step drop, throwing digs, and, and you know what I'm saying, like that. So what do we do? We catered the offense around what we had, and then we worked stuff into the to the game plan mm-hmm. throughout the season. You know what I'm saying? So I think we'll see 
with Jalen Hurts, but I'm leaning towards him being that dude. And that's what I, I want him to, because I don't want to have to draft another quarterback. That's a great. That's I a want great, him yeah. to be the dude, and them three draft picks. Uh huh. I want all pan out for the next three years, and then y'all gonna build yes. y'all defense up and, and and be competitive. That's that's a good look. I, I want the safety from Notre Dame. Oh, so you already um, call yeah. it. You already call yeah. it. Yeah. He's a dog. He's yeah, you can play. Yeah, that's why he I definitely want. can play. He definitely can play. So yeah, I'm with and, you. And let me add this in. People forget too. Here's another masterful strategic uh, signing. Garrett uh, Minshew is on a rookie contract as well. Oh yeah, he's up. He'll be our backup for at least the next two more two. years. Yeah. yeah. So now mm-hmm. you have your starting quarterback rookie contract, as you said, coach. Mm-hmm. Your backup quarterback, who ha- who does have game, uh, uh, he does have game reps. Mm-hmm. He's been a starter, but he's on a rookie contract. So now that gives you even more flexibility to go out and make an impact in signings, and with those draft picks, you can really set your uh, your team up for the next two just, to five I, years. Yeah, at least. At least. At least. And with that offensive you, play calling. Before you got to pay anybody. Before you got to pay anybody. And I did like the way they enter, they they integrated a lot of what we saw in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I think Miles Sanders is a definite uh, – he's the perfect back for that zone. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I definitely that, agree with that. That zone running, that zone, yeah. you know, quarterback read mm-hmm. because he's a zone running back. He, uh-huh. Some running backs cannot run the zone. No, they can't. But Miles Sanders gives you the flexibility to not only run the zone and run it well, right. he also can catch out the backfield. He had four uh, four uh, receptions for 39 yards. So he's another safety blanket for Jalen Hurts. So, okay. yeah, man. Here's a quick hot. Watch, watch Kenneth Gainwell. Okay. Remember oh, I yeah. Said, He's a dog, too. He's a I dog, said, too. Okay. Watch Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah. Hot take in the chat. They said, ESPN, according to ESPN, the Eagles have the easiest schedule in the NFL. There it is. Well, hey, I'll take it. That's what happened when you finish last. He <laughs> right, stakes yeah. for everybody. There it is. <laughs> you finish last, you get the last place schedule, you, I guess. You, you do. Know? That's how it works. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, Coach Beverly, how you doing, brother? He's not doing well because yesterday's price <laughs> is not today's price. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holding it together over here, brother. You know, okay. <laughs> with bubble gum and duct tape. Like, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it to week 18, man. That's it. That's it. But if you haven't been listening to the podcast and you haven't seen him before, you can see who he's repping. You see his oh, jersey you know on 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 the uh, on the screen. There, he's an avid avid Ravens fan, born and bred Baltimore. You know, all his Absolutely. life. So he's you know you know die hard, be more. So, you know, rest <laughs> in peace to Omar. He passed away recently, man. You know, Michael Carter Williams. Yeah, so rest in peace, rest in peace, to Omar. But the Ravens are in trouble, man. Listen, man. Listen. Hey, look, I got on this jersey, man. I'm aware. I'm I'm probably gonna sleep in this tonight. Try to get some mojo good vibe, going. Good vibes going. Good vibes going. Got Raven socks on. I, I bought some purple paint for my daughter. I got. I'm playing purple haze. <laughs> just, you know, I'm just trying to get the vibes going, man. We he's gotta... bringing all the spirits. He's calling on all the spirits. Burning purple sage. <laughs> Listen, he even got the whiteboard up. He's probably back there working with Jordan Harbaugh on he what to do that. with the offensive Look. line. Listen. Look. Get I'm ready to go play right tackle, man. I'm trying to tell you. Put, put me in, coach. I Stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Man. I know that's right. I know that's right. So, your Ravens, man. 
and I hate to say it because uh, we talked about uh, the Ravens Raiders game briefly before you guys got on. Y'all needed to win that game. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sorry to tell you this, but, you know, the Chiefs are y'all kryptonite. And they are going to take easy on y'all come tomorrow. They're not. They're not. Right. And in fact, that y'all got even more injuries going into this game than you had before you played the Raiders are problems. They're serious problems. So, so how do you feel exactly? You know, when it comes down to the outlook of the season, because yeah. I had to, because be, before the season started, I had y'all winning the division narrowly from the Browns. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, you know, am I right, wrong? And you know, I, I gotta wait. Tell me what's going on in Baltimore, man. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about it, cause I, I, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pure fan, man. Not a bandwagon, and we got dudes dumping the, you know, jumping ship already, man. That's, you know, whatever. It's cr that's crazy. Like you, you gotta look at. It. Yes, this is starting to remind me. I don't know if you remember 2015 Ravens. I like do. we had <laughs> 17 dudes on IR, you know. But that's. That year, I think that happened. That started midway through the season. We, we already got 15 on IR in week two. Right. You know what I mean? But without long term, we we are going to get key players back. We're going to get Bateman back in two weeks. We're going to get you know eventually Stanley's going to come back. Eventually Boykin's going to come back. Boyle, which is going to be huge for us in the run game, is going to come back. Eventually these new running backs in the system, the running because of Lamar Jackson, they're going to get acclimated. They're going to be especially I. Devontae Freeman is going to be huge for us. And Tyson Williams, I think, is still going to hold down the lead, lead back spot. And I think he's going to do amazing in the system. This is the thing. I am not I am not worried about the team. I'm worried about Lamar Jackson from this perspective. Like, he is going to, for these next four to five weeks, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's going to have to be Superman. He's going to have to bring the cape every this, game hey, this is true. just to be competitive. Like, he led the team in rushing week yes, one. Right. <laughs> You're going to see a lot of 250 yard passing, 100 yard rushing games over these next four to five weeks because right. that's just he is the offense at this point. So yes, yes. I am just hoping that behind that line, until they can get it together, he doesn't get injured. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> he doesn't you know lose himself. You know, he doesn't try to overcompensate and make too many mistakes. Right. If he can, if we can weather the next four weeks, and I say end up. You know, 50, 50, I will be happy with two and two okay. at the end of that, the first quarter of the season. Because I think once we get our players back and once the team starts gelling, I think we're going to be fine. I don't see us no longer. I, I can be realistic. We're not winning the division. Okay. Um, it's too many injuries. It's, it's too, it's, we're set. We're going to, I, okay. I am ready for 0 and 2. But you know, down inside, I think we have a chance. <laughs> I think. Well, that's might, the Raven in be... you. That's the Raven in you because I listen, listen. As 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 they say in Harlem Nights, you know, they say the Ravens got a shot. Oh, they got a shot. <laughs> in their ass. <laughs> oh man, I mean, but but here's the good thing about it. I I feel I, I think what starting since 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 Lamar took over. They've been running like crazy, right? We 200 yards average. Number one rushing game. team in the NFL for the last two years. That's amazing. It's, it's amazing, right? But what it doesn't help is the passing game when you need it. So right. I saw a lot in that Raiders game. Even though we lost, I'm like, yo, this actually could work for our benefit. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Lamar had a better. Everyone's praising Derek Carr in that game. Lamar had a better QBR and better passing rate, and still yeah, at well, the end well, of the day, yeah, still- you gotta, you gotta be talking to Chris Kern on that one because he was praising. <laughs> he was singing Derek Carr's praises in the previous segment, so I just want to let you know that. Oh, I heard. I you heard. heard. Okay. I, I mean, he he deserves it. He, I mean, he played a great game, but. Like people, I don't understand the 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 disdain for Lamar Jackson. Like he is an efficient quarterback. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't put the ball in harm's way unless he's trying to do too much. Right, <laughs> he right. puts it on the ground. But when when throwing it, he makes the right decisions. And I think the more he gets the opportunity to pass, and the more that the passing game is allowed to develop and get worked into the game plan, I think long term is going to be better for us. You know, down the stretch. So okay, well. I give you three things that bother me when the, when, with the Ravens, and one is going to be uh, a caveat to your point is that is the is, I think Lamar picked the worst time to work on his pocket presence and, and his passing numbers when he don't have the protection or the receivers to do it because they're all hurt, right? Yeah. So that he that's that's problematic. That's problem number one. And I think you might have asked Arby's uh, question in the chat because he said you want to know will Lamar going to be able to last the whole season, run the ball the way he does, and getting hit. So that's a concern. You brought you brought that up up as well. So, but my second point of order, and it's going to the defensive side. Uh, the defense concerns me holistically, because from the play corner perspective and the personnel <laughs> perspective, because they're because the defensive coordinator is still playing as if he still has Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphreys. Right. You know, he has he has uh, 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 Jimmy Smith. He has Wester. He like he's acting like he has four elite corners and playing man coverage all game, because that's what he got him cooked. That's what got y'all cooked Monday night. I don't, that I don't understand. Play, I don't understand. Last, man, yo, coach against bunch. Why? Why are you playing man coverage in bunch, bro? Like, why are you playing man coverage in bunch? You did it several times. It got cooked each time. Cooked, cooked. Each time, I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I don't get it, it. So that, so the play calling versus the personnel. You got to be smarter and more savvy from a play calling perspective with the personnel that you have. You're down three corners, two corners, but well, two and a half because three you now. With, with Jimmy, I mean, yeah, with, with um, uh, what's the boy's name? I'm you losing Jimmy Western. Smith. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy. So, so yeah, Jimmy is is questionable. Westry's hurt. You know, uh, Peter's gone for the season. So you got Humphreys and a bunch of the YMCA guys. So you can't play <laughs> man across the board all game expect to win. On top right. of the fact that you, when you play man, which what do you need when you play man? You need a pass rush, and y'all don't have a yeah. pass rush right now. That cause that's the third part that concerns me. Y'all pass rush. It's concerning because y'all would try to manufacture it, go zero blitz and do things of that nature, and he wasn't getting home. And yep. and Derek Carr was dropping back six, seven, eight yards and just flinging it, and people was wide open. So I got to show that up. If y'all don't show that up, then it's going to be a long season. That but, is a, that's the telltale. I think Wink has to make that that switch he's not known for sw- he, he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna play man and send eight you know 40 percent of the game like that's just who he is he i he's never done it he's never switched up the we played kansas city three times in that same with the same defense mm-hmm. uh he and i'm hoping he he tries something different this week but it's not who he is um but i i i, I as far as the pass rush show i i think we got some young dudes and but this is the Ravens way. This is the frustrating thing. We got the dude from Penn State, Adolfe. Yeah. yeah, I mean he made a play on Monday. He made one play. He was he's, he made one play. He I, made a play. He he's actually showed up in the run game too. Like right. he he's solid. But the thing is we rotate so often. Like and I mm. think uh Yannick Ngakwe said it when he left. He's like, yo, like the type of player I am, I didn't fit the system he did. because of the rotation. Like he didn't I no. he, Odafe is gonna be the type of dude like you need to keep him in there. Let him heat up. 
right. let him eat. Like, right. And you got Justin yeah. Houston, but he's, you know, he's an elder statesman. Let's be honest. So, yeah. I mean, that yeah. that's a problem, too. But I think I think overall they can sure those things up. And like I said, y'all just weather the storm. I think later on in the season, y'all can get hot and, and make some noise. But again, you got to you got to button those things up and just pray Lamar doesn't get hurt and just don't put him in harm's way enough to the point where he can uh, be Superman and not and not and not get hit with a kryptonite bullet. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah, the only problem I have with Lamar is he looked like the main character of Tekken. So if it wasn't for that, he looked like Kazuya, Kazuya of oh, Tekken. Oh my God. Every time I see Lamar Jackson, I go and play Tekken. I see him. He's the black version of Kazuya from Lord, Tekken. Black Goku. Yeah. Right. Black Goku. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. That, that's why that's why he does what he does. He powers up. He goes yeah. to super super Lamar uh level four. All you right. know, his power level's over nine thousand. Okay. okay. <laughs> hey, listen. As long as he don't get hurt. I said, I'm pulling for Lamar, man. I just think that people have a problem with him because he doesn't do things conventionally. True. You know, he doesn't True. Do things I'm, I'm pulling for him. Him and Jalen Hurts are two quarterbacks that, that I'm, I'm definitely I'm both pulling for them. Yes, I agree pulling with that. for because they've been doubted and people forget. Lamar Jackson played in one of the most complicated offenses in college. In Louisville, so he's yes. not a dumb uh, – he's he's not a running back at the quarterback position because right. if anybody knows Bobby Petrino's offense, mm-hmm. it is a high-level uh, throwing offense. He just had the ability to be one of the best runners on the field any team he played in college. Okay. But he did throw for 3,000 yards, and he started as a freshman, and Louisville was one of the only schools that allowed that wanted him and allowed him to be quarterback, and he flourished in the that college offense. I mean, he won a Heisman so, Trophy, so I mean, what, what can you say? He won a Heisman Trophy, and if yeah. you know Bobby Petrino again, his everybody will tell you his uh, college offense is extremely hard to understand and comprehend. And so mm-hmm. Lamar did well, and he threw the ball. Right. So. My thing, anybody that, that that questions his ability to throw the ball. You don't like black quarterbacks. I'm sorry, that's my direction. <laughs> I mean, show show me show me him with a competent receiving core, and then talk to me. A- Amen. Amen. Talk facts. Amen. Like these are the facts. <laughs> like you know, I, I I never understand. Like people, we look at Josh Allen. And his transition once he got digs, yeah. like it, he took day. off. You think night it was day. him? Night and day. That's why <laughs> like, you think that's he listen. just like that's it makes a difference. And not only that, you have digs, and then you have one of the best slot receivers, right? Talk about who's it. who's always freaking open. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know what I'm saying? Didn't so, around and got Manuel Sanders in off season. So that's right. So so you put you you. You nobody is, can do it by themselves. No, that's, you know that's a fact. That's so, all facts. That's all. One facts. thing I did like was the throws he made to Sammy Watkins. Yeah, that looked like they got some chemistry. Hopefully, they can build on that. Yeah, and, and that's why Hollywood, we were Hollywood made a made some play, made some plays. So when Bateman comes can... back, they're set because you got two legit outside receivers, and you got Hollywood in the slot where he belongs. Yes, so. Yeah. And Andrews in the middle, Boyle comes back as their blocker tight end. They're set offensively, weapon wise. They just got to figure out the run game. And I think yeah. offensively they'd be fine. I just got questions about the defense. Like I said, you know, because mm-hmm. it's funny. Our, 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 we, hey, Audrey is, is is banging in the chat. He said that it, do I think what do I think about Gus Bradley as DC? Now Gus Bradley was a DC the Chargers for a few years prior to this, and that's going to lead <laughs> into what I'm going to say. So 
you know, to Coach Beverly's point about his defensive coordinator, like you have to – it's two type of coaches. There's one coach that can scheme well and have a good game plan going in the game, and he doesn't adjust in, in, in game. There's coaches that, that have a decent game plan, but there are better in-game adjusters and can, and can figure things out on the fly and, and do things unconventional that you didn't have in the game plan going in. So whatever type of coach you need at that time is, you know, can win or lose you ball games. But when it comes to Gus Bradley, he's the type of coach that he has a good game plan going in, but when they started destroying your game plan, you don't have you don't you you, you can't adjust to your uh to what's happening going on in the game. So if I'm if they're killing my man coverage, I don't switch to cover three. I don't switch to cover two. I don't play combo zones, things of that nature, just to throw the offense off. I just stick to what I'm what I'm what I scripted. So well, I, I think that's Gus Bradley's biggest can't problem. Be married, you can't be married to a certain to to your scheme to where you can't adjust. You know what no, I'm you like, no, you cannot. No, you cannot. I, I've been a defensive coordinator for 10 years mm -hmm. and I have a certain philosophy and scheme. And I, I can recall, uh, Sharps, when, when you got on the staff with me and you, I was always in an underfront. Right. Always. Right. I was married to an underfront. He was. And you he said, was. well, maybe we should try two twos. And it, is, it works better. It's working better for what they're giving us. Exactly. And I said, let's do it. And it worked. You exactly. can't be married you to, can't. you know, so you got to be able to adjust, man. I know everybody has their philosophies in there and what they believe in. Right. But, man, it's, you know. The, when it's, when it's uh, beating you, you got to change. Yeah, you got to you gotta change. You got to change. Yeah. That was Gus, that's Gus Bradley's issue. Paid too. Yeah, exactly. So they're they going to they figure things out. And try to and try to go against, especially if they see what you do on film. If they know what your philosophy is going into the game, they know that I'm going to script my first 15 plays that's going to beat your scheme. So mm -hmm. I'm going to make you get out of it and see how well you adjust from it. Because once you get I, you get out of it and you don't adjust well, then it's the doors open. The doors of the church are open. <laughs> I can do whatever I want to do at this point. So I would definitely say that you got to be you got to be a coach that can also you have a good decent game plan going in a a, a general idea of what you want to do. But you got to be able to adjust in game based upon what the type of looks they're giving you, because like I said, they get like I said, always a coach get paid to, just like Coach Business said. So that's my take on that particular aspect. So moving on, we didn't talk about the Eagles, talk about the Ravens at length. So you know, y'all got y'all uh, for, for, for certain frustrations and sudden praise out. So let's talk quarterbacks real quick. So we're gonna do a quick segment called "Where You at." So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we, we, Coach uh, Curry and I were both discussing exactly how we feel about um, Sua Tungavaloya and Jalen Hurts over the week, right? So mm. we want to know from y'all's perspective, who is good, better prospect, Jalen Hurts or Sua Tungavaloya, for the system that they're in? Not necessarily overall, but the system that they're in. Mm. You remedial first? Yep. Yeah, you, you take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, so from from what I'm seeing um so far, um I don't like the way Tua's throwing the ball. Um I don't know. Like um I think he's good and I think the misconception is that he's like overly mobile. He's he can get out of he's not a runner. No. Let me put it to you like that. No. And so with him not being a runner, I don't think he is as good of a passer as he needs to be yet. Um and then with Jalen Hurts, he can't he is a runner, 
And I think he needs some development as far as his like progressions, like second, third progressions. So I think both of them are um, need some development as far as who's better, who's the better prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me let me add know. to it. Why are we saying who's going to have the better year? Better prospect, better year. I, I guess my take on that, honestly, and I don't know, Jerome, this is how I feel about your team. I, I honestly feel like y'all may be number two in the division. The way that offense, I, I think you said it uh, well, um, co- uh, you know, Trump, you, you said that the, the offense was extremely balanced. Like, I wasn't expecting that. Maybe it was the Falcons, but Jalen, com- he looked in command of his offense. You he know did. what I mean? He did. And for me, like, and, and I think you said that, Jarrell, like, the rest of the team is playing for that dude. Like, mm-hmm. and they have, I think, you know, I think Miami has a better defense, but, I mean, you need your offense to take you, but so far, I don't think Tua has a true command of his offense yet, right now. No. And so, for that oh, reason, cool. I gotta, you know, I wanna say, you know, I would love for the Dolphins to to compete with the Bills for the for the division. I actually think they're gonna win this week. That's my take on that. But I, you know, I think long term the Eagles probably gonna, you know, end up in the playoffs. Miami might be at home. I need the Dolphins to stink because we have their first round pick. That's a good point. So I need them. That's to a good stink. point. That's um, a good point. I need them to stink, but I. Uh, D. Bev is correct about the command, like, and I, I couldn't like get the words out correctly, but that's what I was getting at. Like, I don't see the command of the offense. Like, to be honest, Miami should have lost last week. They should have. If Damian Harris fumble caught, gave him that win. Yeah, they yeah. got very fortunate. Mm-hmm. I did like what they did with Jalen Waddle, how they used him. Mm-hmm. But as far as command of the offense, command of the locker room, I don't know if Tua has that. Listen, they didn't, it, the team didn't vote him captain of the, of the right. team this year. Right. He's been there a whole right. year. That's telling and to, to me, me. And to me, I think you – I need to see how you are in adversity. Yes. I already saw with Jalen Hurst how he handles himself. In adversity, yeah. In adverse situations. Mm-hmm. Because he got benched for Tua, mm-hmm. had to sit there and be a good teammate – and then be ready when Tua got hurt to mm-hmm. come in and save them in that one game. Yes, yes, it's true. And then go in and finish his career as the backup, and then his last year go to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And never complained, never sulked, or was a bad teammate. Mm-hmm. Now we don't know behind closed doors, but what in that locker room and on the field, he was supportive. Mm-hmm. I need to see, and then getting thrown in last year. In a terrible season with all a terrible O line with all these injuries, no mm. receivers, and people, I, I heard people criticize how he played, and I said, "Well, for what he got thrown into, I felt he played well. It, the offense had life to it. I mean, we lost the Arizona game, but that was a shootout. Like we had every chance to win that one, beat mm-hmm. the Saints, mm-hmm. would have beat Washington if he'd have stayed in. True. I mean, True. so like, so like, let's. Some people just like to look at like." numbers but look at the odds what do you see yeah. what do you see so you gotta I realize saw, 
You gotta realize you're looking through the eyes of a football player. You're looking through the eyes of a coach. Everybody's not looking right. that through that lens. Right, you're right, right. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I saw people wake up. I saw people go the extra mile to, to make a catch. Mm-hmm. I saw, you know, uh, energy. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the intangibles is where he has the advantage over Tua. Um, so I think he'll have a better year. Okay. And I really hope he does. And I hope the Dolphins Stink have a bad year. High I, want that now, I will say because they're under Blind Four as a system, he's a Belichick disciple. They, they, they all, they're always going to be buttoned up on defense and special teams. So he he cannot just lose them games and they'll win certain ones. So they're not going to be, but they're not going to be horrifically bad, but they could be, they could be exactly. middle of the road. Yeah. Example Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. So know. what do you got, Coach Kirk? I, I'm, I'm going to go last. Um, I have that, you know, again, Tua was a very competent and uh, perfect system quarterback in college, but coming into the NFL, um, as was mentioned, his throwing motion doesn't make me comfortable. Uh, and ultimately I think Hertz is going to have the better career. I think Hertz ceiling is higher. I think that uh, the training that Hurts can receive can just make him a better quarterback, you know, overall. And there's things that he can do that Tua can't. Again, Tua's not a mobile quarterback. Tua's a stand-in-the-pocket-and-throw type of quarterback, but he has less arm talent than Russell Wilson. Mm. He's tight end dependent. And we talked about this, Coach, when we looked at the stats. When you look at how many throws actually goes to receivers, it's not very many. It's a lot to the tight end. It's a lot to the check down. And if it's if it's not early passes, he's not pushing that that ball down the field the way Hertz is. You know, and Hertz is main, making throws to the receivers. I mean, if you look at last week between Devontae Smith and Jess and Jalen. Um, the highest targets came to his outside receivers. If you look at Tua's targets and you look at Tua, who he's throwing to the most, it's not his outside receivers. Um, it's more to, and I'm, I want to real quick just be accurate with this because I know there might be people listening, and you know, if we got any Miami fans, you know, they may want to say some sideways, and we have to <laughs> remind them. Fact that check, fact we're check. Here, we're here for the smoke, right? But um, you know, Devontae Parker had four catches. Jalen Waddle had four catches again. These are Jalen Waddle was in the system, so two was comfort, but his highest his highest receiver who had the most catches was miles gaskin again running back. out the backfield running back mm-hmm. out the backfield you know so he had five catches so i think overall Tua may be a middle tier quarterback i think he'll he'll have a decent career but i really think jalen um hurts is going to when we look uh at their totality of careers i think jalen hurts is going to be that quarterback okay well I'm on. I'm on the side of you guys as far as who was the better uh, prospect and who was the better quarterback. Um, I'm just not as optimistic about two as, as y'all are. I don't. I just don't think there's nothing special about him from an NFL quarterback perspective. Because you, if you look at all elite quarterbacks, you can say that they got at least one thing that's special about them: elite arm talent, right. elite speed. You know, elite decision making. You know, uh, you know, elusiveness, pocket presence, something like that. And I just can't say he has. He's elite in any of those categories. Like I said, he's not. 
overly fast. You know, he's not from an NFL perspective. Like he might have been decently fast in college, but from an overall uh, pro perspective, his speed perspective in the pros, he's not he's not fast. He's not going to get away from most defensive lines. The end. You know, he's is not going to run away from Chase me? Young. Is it just me? Does Tua look like he's throwing cantaloupes? He's doing something. I, I, okay. I mean, I hate to hate on left-handed people because I'm left-handed, but his left-handed throw motion it does bother me I too. Don't like, I, I don't like his throw motion. I at can't, all. I, I can't stand it. It bothers me really bad. So, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, what's what's his overall health going to be like long-term with his hip? That's that's a question mark. True. You know, so I think that because I mean, quite as kept. You know, when the draft came up last year, you know, we we end up getting Justin Herbert. Thank God. You know, as a Chargers fan, but I was actually of the elk that we could honestly draft Isaiah Simmons first and get Jalen Hurts in the second round. I thought we'd have been good at the quarterback position because Tyrod Settle would have been the bridge and then Jalen Hurts would have started after him. So, you know, so I would have been comfortable with that. So I'm clearly a Jalen Hurts fan, you know, from a Chargers perspective. I think that we'd got him. I think we still have been good, even though we got Herbert and we got blessed with having a, you know, our franchise quarterback. But, you know, I just think that. You know, Jalen Hurts given his prime opportunity in, in Philly and with nothing, no expectations, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. He's going to be able to, uh, you know, be comfortable in that offense that Nick Sirianni is gearing around him. And I think that he's going to have a better a better year ho- holistically. And I just don't think, you know, anytime, let me put it like this, and I'm going to end it right here. Anytime that you want to get into the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes as the Dolphins understanding that Tua is going to be limited and taking you where you need to go, then that tells you right there that he, you're not confident that he's your guy. Mm. Good he's, point. He's not confident. Good he's your guy. You're willing to risk a guy that could ultimately be suspended and spend the money, spend thirty million dollars plus on him rather than have Tua as your starting quarterback. Tua so, was a first round pick. He is. He is. But and no. they, they want to trade him in a heartbeat for for Deshaun Watson. But they feel like yeah. if, he, if Deshaun Watson is on that team right now, as as an elite quarterback, they're they are they're a contender, and they mm. know that. Yeah, they're, they're scary, actually. They're very, very scary with Deshaun Watson's quarterback. So, I just I said to say that clearly Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy, and I, we're just waiting on to see whether or not Sue is going to make it out of his rookie deal. That's my take. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Speaking of quarterbacks, let's talk about this this two-quarterback system they got running in the NFL here lately. Uh, speaking specifically of the Bears and the 49ers. So... I want to get you guys' take on exactly how you feel about a two-quarterback system and can it work? Because uh, I think the 49ers have a better chance of being competitive, even though even though they're using two quarterbacks. But I'm I'm shaking my head and don't understand the idea of what they're doing in Chicago. Because because uh, some people would say that if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. There it is. But stop, you know, let's stop looking at my paper. <laughs> my bad. Stop looking at my paper. My so I'm gonna you go look, first. You look at you look at mine all night, so I, I can I can have one. I can have, <laughs> one. Can have one. And since you you looking at my paper, let me get let me get my 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 thoughts out before you take all my paper and I have to flip it like uh, Bobby Knight. Okay. Uh, I I'm under the the pretense that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I get it. When you look at trade, um, when you look at Justin Fields, that whole coming in game switch up you know, change of pace. No, you can do that with running backs. You don't do that with quarterbacks because quarterback is a rhythm mm. type of position. Say it again. It's a rhythm type of position. You know, also, it is a rhythm type of thing for linemen because you're looking at two different types of quarterbacks. Yeah, a running expect- one versus a non-running one. Yes. Yes, and quarterback, I mean, and linemen are protecting a, a, a space and a place 
and you can make great linemen look average because they're expecting you to be in this quote-unquote bubble. Slide too much left and right, and you now make those linemen look like they can't block for you. And then it's understanding that, okay, one quarterback is a pocket quarterback. The other quarterback will run. Who are we blocking for and changing the game plan and style and cadence and you go from one quarterback that knows how to shift the line, put coverage in a certain place, read the defense to another quarterback now that's still learning. That makes it hard on your offensive line. That makes it hard on your receivers because now they're going off the rhythm and position of, hey, when the quarterback does a five-step drop, the ball is going to be released at this time. Mm-hmm. You go to another quarterback, it's not the same speed, it's not the same style, and that, again, makes it difficult on your offense. I have not seen when you play a two-quarterback system that it's successful. You can shock people and get away with it with certain teams, Mm -hmm. but at some point you have to settle on who's my starting quarterback. Okay. Okay. So that's my thing. If you're going to make it Justin Fields, make it Justin Fields, Chicago. If you're going to go with Andy Dalton, then give him the keys to the Porsche and let him drive it until he doesn't push it enough or he wrecks it. But bringing Justin Fields in and letting him do a couple plays, and oh, we got packages for Justin Fields. Again, look at what the Steelers did when they had Cordell Stewart and they was running a two quarterback system. When it when the flash in the pan, great. You will catch defenses off balance until they get film. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they're like, oh, when you come in, we know what you're doing. Right. We know what's about to happen. Right. So to me, either give it to especially like um Chicago. Either say, stick by your guns and say Justin Fields not ready. We're gonna let him learn or turn it over to him. Same thing with uh, San Francisco. Either let Jimmy G be the starting quarterback and let him lose it, or you go with Trey Lance. But that whole, oh, we're going to give you two plays and three plays, again, he's not getting the rhythm of the game, and you're paying it in a a cold quarterback into a real fire game Mm -hmm. and setting him up for failure. So I am under the the school. If you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Okay. Well, I got a sneaky suspicion that we all feel the same way. So I'm going to ask Coach Beverly, does he have any type of, uh, uh, I guess you could say, contrarian stance? If not, I got a better question to ask. I hate when you go to college. I actually do, though. Come on here and say say college words. Contrarian. My bad. I know, right? Oh, man. I thought that was was some kind of weird horse with a man face or something. (laughs) 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 I don't even know how to spell it, so I can't go to the dictionary for it. But contrary, it's a a derivative of contrary. Sorry. That that made it worse. That made it worse. I I used derivative. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it, oh, it's similar to contrary. It's a derivative. It's a, my bad. Uh, I'm you're sorry. not going to keep cussing me out and, and talking about my sexuality on this podcast. Listen, because when you, when you okay. messed up, is when, you, when, you, when you touch my titties. Touching my titties. That's when you messed up. <sighs> well, go ahead, though, Coach. Go ahead, Coach Beverly. Tell me what you got, man. No, 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 no. I, I think overall, yeah, I, I agree. I think the difference, though, maybe with San Francisco, I look at them and, and, you know, how they're using Trey in those packages. They're clear 
packages where it's almost like how, you know, Joe and Lamar, they, they had the Lamar packages. You knew Lamar wasn't going to, you know, stand back and just do a, a drop back and you know that you knew it was a design running play mm-hmm. right and I, th- I see the same thing with trey i think that works and i think it's definitive that jimmy g is that guy and so mm-hmm. it makes that i think their situation oh i, I see what you're different. saying you're saying it's more like a taste some hill package situation with trey right. versus right. it being a a 50 50 deal with both of them playing <laughs> exactly okay i mean because okay. in, in chicago i mean justin is just better boy Blake like there's yeah. no reason he shouldn't be on the field agree but yeah I feel like they're throwing him in it's not a clear like package set for him okay they're just like alternating like hey let's just see how you do out here on these two downs and it's like what are you doing like just you go play him or not so yeah I agree with what uh coach Okay. You're not going to talk about the all-American hero, Andy Dalton. You know what? Like the, ba- the beige water pistol. <laughs> the, I was gonna say, the, the beige water the pistol. The beige water pistol. Right. Uh, All right, Coach Benson, you got anything uh, contrarian to uh, our take on it? Nah, I, everybody said what I would have said. You know okay. what I'm saying? It just breaks the rhythm. It's, just pick one and, and go with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, hmm. I really don't understand Chicago. I'm like... I think I don't think nobody does. I, we we're very very uh, curious about what they're doing. So the bigger question would be for you is that who do you think they should go with? Should you think the Bears should stick with Andy Dalton or they go with Justin Fields? And should they stick with Jimmy G or go with Trey Lance? I think the Bears should sit Andy Dalton's ass on the bench, mm-hmm. back up, and go with Justin Fields. San Francisco should stick with Jimmy G and let Trey Lance learn. Okay. What you got? I I agree with the first one. Uh, I definitely Justin needs to be starting. I am confused about Trey. I I don't know why they drafted him. Honestly, if you know, it doesn't seem like it's a plan to transition him. Well, I can know. tell you why because because Jimmy Garoppolo's health. Health, yeah. Yeah, he they feel like he can't stay healthy enough to get them where they want to go. So I think they drafted him as the heir apparent. Now, we don't know exactly how far or how long that's going to take for them to get there, uh, for him to be ready to be the starting quarterback. But they're looking at it from a future perspective rather than a now. Now, if Jimmy stays healthy for the whole year, they could literally be a contender. But it's just just a big if because you never know week to week. You know, if he takes one hit, he could be out. You know, so I think that's the issue. But why both of them are healthy? Who do you think should start? No, I mean, Jimmy, you got to go with Jimmy G right now. Trey don't look that polished. Like, Jimmy gives him uh, yes, the best chance to yes, win right now. I agree now. with that. I definitely agree with that. Coach Craig, what you got? Uh, I'm on the other side of the first uh, the first decision that everybody's mentioned. I believe that Andy Dalton needs to be the starting quarterback, stay being the starting quarterback um, right now. And... Uh, for San Francisco, the same thing. I do agree that Jimmy G need, uh, should be the starting quarterback. Uh, technically, this is Trey Lance's sophomore season in college. True. And so, uh, you know, Jimmy G is more seasoned. Jimmy G has, to me, a greater grasp. And But the same thing it is, it is the um, – his health is very concerning, you know. Um and as we talked about, Matt Jones was on their list. Uh, Matt couldn't. Mac couldn't go there because one, he's you know to be around such a uh, stunning uh, display of manliness as Jimmy G, chiseled jaw, you know, slick what? black black. I, 
Yeah, I'm just playing. No, <laughs> Jimmy G. Jimmy G. is definitely the starting quarterback needed right now, and to let Trey Lance develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I go back to the old school when rookie quarterbacks would have two to three years to learn in the NFL to catch the speed of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know a lot of people are saying that Justin Fields needs to start at Chicago. But I gave my strategy on why let Andy go out there and let Justin sit. And then when you do make the decision and you do make the switch, uh, you can't go backwards. So might as well milk this cow until, you know, it's dry. And then once you make the decision, the media is going to do it for you. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're doing it you, now. You let me tell it. Exactly. But if you pull this decision now and Justin doesn't ball, it's going to be difficult for him. But right mm-hmm. now, let Andy play. Let him get all the the battered, bruised uh, blitzes out the way. And then once you put uh, fields in, you're easy breezy because everybody's going to be like, it's about time. So you look, you look good. But if he goes in this early and he doesn't pan out, then you're going to hear everybody coming out the woodwork on should they have. But oh, right yeah. now, let Andy be the one that gets all beat up. See, this is the take he had a couple of weeks ago that just blew my mind. I didn't, I didn't, he totally made me talk about something else. I didn't even get my take on it because that particular uh, ideology makes perfect sense. It really it does. does. I mean, it does make sense, actually. It, it does make sense. So, I mean, I, it just, you just hate to see. I mean, let's be honest. We don't think the Bears are going to go far, if anything, because I really think that defense is taking a step back. Cleo Mack is not the same player. You know, the defense, all, you know, is not as dominant as they were two years ago. So mm-hmm. they're already playing with, you know, house money in a sense, where they're just really trying to see what they have for the future. So whether you do play Justin Fields now or later, it really doesn't matter. But, I, again, if you give him time and don't risk your f- future franchise, you know, throwing him out there to the wolves with a shaky old line, then you might be better off. Let Andy, like I said, let Andy take those bullets and let him, you know, you know, do what he's going to do. And if you're 0-6, 0-7, and then and you feel like Justin is ready now, then your schedule a little bit softer from a Patrick's perspective, let him go out there and let him work and let him get some experience. And then yeah. that, and that just be that. Now, I don't know if Matt Nagy is going to be there next year for to see it. But, I mean, for the for the franchise, cause we hadn't had a franchise quarterback ever in my lifetime. Right. You know, you got to be smart about it. You got to be judicious about it. It's good, good, good college word for you. Judicious let, about let, it. let me ask a question. Andy Dalton's on a one-year contract? Yes, one-year deal. One-year deal, $10 million. Then let, let him play. Let him play it out. You know what's going to happen year two. Right. Andy, again, I said this. Andy understands his position. Andy is like the ugly stripper. Wow. Look, if you're in here at 2 p.m., <laughs> I know what you're here for. I'm not the headliner. I'm not the main. I'm not the main person on stage. I'm here for the people that are getting ready to go to their construction job. They probably gonna spend about three to five dollars. They drinking hot beer, and they really are only here until they get ready to go on shift. So they understand. Justin Fields is your headliner. Let Andy play this whole year out. Justin Fields has a whole year to learn. He's in practice throwing to Allen Robinson. He's throwing uh, to to the other. uh, Yeah, he's throwing to them. Mm -hmm. He's getting comfortable. 
He's learning the speed of the NFL game. And then when he steps in, he who he doesn't have anything to worry about because he's learned the game and you set him up for success. Now, it might not be success for Nagy, mm-hmm. but it's success for Chicago as the organization. And hey. you don't, until you have someone that understands how to drive the Lamborghini, mm-hmm. Don't put the wrong person behind the wheel of the Lamborghini and you wreck your 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 luxury car, your your mm. prized possession. There so is. let him gloss him up, put some nice shine on the wheels, wax it, make it look pretty, and, and let then it sit in the driveway. The let it sit in the driveway until it's ready. It, hey, everybody see it. Yeah. Everybody know it's pretty. Everybody know it's a it's a it's a speed car. They know it. Mm. But let them think about it. Let them wonder how fast it goes until you're ready to put it out on the street. Don't give any NFL team film on Justin Fields yet. Don't let them nick, don't let them look at him, see his tendencies, see his weaknesses. Keep him a secret. And then next year, you have a great kid that is talented that can come out and you at least get six games before the NFL defense catches up to him. There it is. Hey man, when you write, you write. I can't even argue shit. I wanted to, but I can't. I had to, but because then, I, you use some big words, I had to do this one. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I, w- I want to see Justin play, honestly, truly. I, I really want to see it. But, I mean, again, you know, just for his longevity and his, his career perspective, I think you're right. Um, but I think they should stick with Jimmy G as long as he's healthy um, and just like let, and just let it go, let Trey Lance sit and wait and let him develop because I think he's a, he's a step behind or two behind, you know, where Justin Fields is right now as far as being a, a, a ready quarterback. So I think he needs time and effort, and, 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 and Shanahan can work with him and build his franchise quarterback going forward because unlike Nagy, Fran, you know, Shanahan's not in trouble with his job. So I think he, he's comfortable with, you know, going with Jimmy G and getting – and if he, Jimmy G plays well, they can mess around and, and flip him for some good draft capital or a good player to help them out and build around Trey Lance going forward. So they could be dominant for a few years here. So you got to look at it from that perspective too. So, I mean, I think I think we all pretty much you know said the right things, and I think that uh, going forward that's what they should do. But we'll see how that checks out and how much pressure Nagy will feel in the next couple of weeks if they zero and four. So as we wrap up the podcast this week, we won't get into our uh, lockdown defense blitz weekly six pack of picks. So we're gonna uh, pick uh, six games um, based upon the line. And we're going to discuss real quick exactly who we think is going to win um, this week. So, in the six-pack we have, uh, first game is Chargers minus three versus the Cowboys. Who want to go first? I'll jump out there first. You say Chargers minus three? Yeah, minus three against the Cowboys. At home. They're so far. They're so far. They're home. I'm going Chargers. Okay. And I'll take them points. Yeah, me too. But go ahead, though. Go ahead, Coach. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm going Cowboys. Uh, not you, only you to, to cover, but to, to win. <laughs> you uh, dirty you, mother. You dirty yeah. mother. Okay. <laughs> you didn't came in this man's office. house and stepped on his couch with them dirty ass shoes. He did. He buddy boots and all. Buddy boots and all. Uh, Rick James, huh? Yeah. Uh, nice place. <laughs> nice place, coach. <laughs> Ride my muddy feet on your couch. Right. Darkness. Coach Benson, what you got? Uh, I take the three. I take the Chargers. Um, I take the three points. I think they're going to probably win by, like, three. Okay. All right. Well, of course, I'm taking my squad, so we ain't got to talk about that. So, next game, we got Rams uh, minus four versus the Colts. I'll take the the Rams and the points. 
Wait, so I think they're gonna beat them by more than I four agree. points. I agree. But yeah, Rams. So you think Rams minus four? Yeah. Okay. Who you got, Coach yeah, Beverly? Rams minus four. Murray minus four. Coach Benson. Same. Okay. All in agreement there. All right, Raiders at home in Vegas versus Steelers minus five and a half. Steelers a minus five and a half. I take the Steelers, but I don't take the points. I think it's going to be like a 28, 24, 31, 28 game. Okay. So you think the Raiders will, will the Steelers won't cover is what you're saying? Yeah, Steelers won't cover. But so you had to take the Raiders. Okay, the Raiders not to cover. Okay. I got the Raiders winning. Raiders winning? Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. that's division hate. Uh, that's the no, no, it's, 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 I'm not sure the Steelers offense still got a good point. The defense is good, but Raiders are balanced. I mean, remember, Josh Jacobs wow. not playing in this game. Josh Jacobs is out. I believe in Kenyon Drake. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah, they said Drake is not the starter. He's not, but he's got to start this week because Jacobs is out. Jacobs they, out. Is, they got Barber. Well, Jacobs is, well, Jacobs is out, but uh, Drake is, is the backup. Yeah, but they said Barber moved up the number to be the starter this really? week. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I gotta check that. Yeah, right. What's well, business? Who you got? Steelers or Raiders? I got the Steelers winning, but not the points. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take the Raiders. With, I'm gonna take the points with the Raiders. I'm gonna take the Raiders not to not to cover that spread. So yeah, I'm going with the Raiders myself. Okay. All right. Uh, Chiefs minus three and a half versus the Ravens. <laughs> I got the Chiefs and. Yeah, I got the Chiefs, but I'm not taking the points. You're not I, taking three I, and a half? No. So you're saying that the Chiefs are only going to win? They're going to win by 30? three. They're going to either win by four or more. That's what the line is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll take the Chiefs and the points. Damn right. Coach Beverly? <laughs> <laughs> so my mind's telling me no. <laughs> no. So, you know, I actually and I picked the Ravens to win it. Um, that's wow. not, that's not mm. you know. It is. You no. Know, it it's, is. Not, it is. it's not. It's not. I really. I got a feeling. Stop I it. Just got a feeling. Stop it. We'll see. Yeah, Last we'll time see. you had a feeling like that, you was ended up in the STI office. Oh, you know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Yeah, I got the Chiefs covering the spread on that one. Definitely do. Even if it is Baltimore, I still got them covering. All right, Vikings versus Cardinals. Cardinals are minus four. So that means the Cardinals got to win by four. They will win by four or more. Right. You know what? I'm going to take the Cardinals, but not the points. Because, see, this is one of them games that the damn Vikings will end up. It'll be like a 35-33 game. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. But I take the, I take the Cardinals. Okay. So we got uh, Coach Bevan. Yeah, I got the Cardinals covering. Okay. Coach Benson? I got the Vikings points. I got the Cardinals winning, but I I, I want I don't want the points. Yeah, I want the, I don't want the points. Either. I'm gonna take the Vikings and the points. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Vikings on that one. Not to, not to cover the spread. All right. So last game is the 49ers minus three and a half versus the Eagles. Ooh, I take the Eagles. Okay. I got the Eagles too. Okay. You know who I got. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, three right. and a half in Philly. Do I want to? Do I want to be contrarian like it's more into the day, or do I want to say that the Eagles don't? You know what? Because we 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 talked about it logistically in football. We're in the, from a football perspective, I'm gonna say the Eagles. Though, I'm saying the Eagles as well. No, they, no, the Niners will win, but I think they go. I think they're not gonna cover that spread though. So I'm gonna say the Eagles. 
Okay. All right. So that's going to wrap it up, man. It's been a great show. We appreciate our guests coming on, giving their perspective on their teams and everything in that nature. Uh, follow us on all our social medias, uh, Lockdown Defense on Twitter, Lockdown Defense Sports on Twitch and Instagram. Uh, if you need want to get into our uh, weekly pick'em league, it's still available for that. Uh, hit me up at LockdownDivasSports at Gmail if you want to get into that uh, $10 a week uh, weekly pick'em league. Uh, podcast goes live each and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. The replay for the Sports Talk with Coach Curry is live on YouTube on actually on all platforms at uh, 11 a.m. on Mondays. And uh, we got Charters Corner now on Fridays. So we got a lot of content coming out this week. So uh, pay attention to that and pay attention to all the social medias for updates and details on everything we got moving with Lockdown Defense Podcast. For me, Coach Defense, that's Coach Kurt, Coach Beverly, Coach Benson. We appreciate everybody supporting their viewership this week. As always, like, comment, subscribe to all the channels. If you have not, it's free to do so. Appreciate your love and support. Until next week, we'll see you when we see you. Step up and lock it down.